This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere, Monday, August 17th. Wherever and however you're connected, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with the man who definitely has his popcorn ready for the NBA playoffs today, Jerem Jordan. It's a pretty exciting time. NBA playoffs uh, begin today. NHL playoffs are you know, going through the first round. Major League Baseball is happening. It feels somewhat normal. We're still in a pandemic. Uh, we're expecting college football in a couple of weeks, so that's exciting. Uh, it, it, it feels good because we've had a lot of just uncertainty and, and unknown, and at least we can go home and there's some sports on, right? And in the case of the NBA playoffs, there's four games today starting early. I think starting like at, right after the show or something. It's been crazy after essentially a sports fast for a number of months. And intermittent fasting is healthy. Now there are a wealth of things. So yeah. over the weekend in the background, it's NBA games. Background. Baseball games. Well, you got to do chores and errands around the house, right? Yeah. Maybe not. Maybe you're lucky enough to just sit there and watch sports. Can I have your life? (laughs) (laughs) If that's the case. No, uh, I'm not sitting around just watching sports. I know that. But it's nice to have. But uh, mostly. It's just nice to have. That's Jason. You you confused me with Jason. Oh, my bad. Yeah. My bad. Let's talk about Jason's schedule, shall we? (laughs) Watch the Cardinals. Call, watch the jazz. Call, watch the jazz. Call games. Call baseball Utah game. Summer League, mm-hmm. by the way, which is over successfully. Speculate on BYU show. to the Big Twelve, and uh, call tonight. There you go. Yeah. All right. Well, you have Chef's schedule. That's so what we think it is. How yeah. about uh, our show schedule today? Another week and another set of BYU football scheduling possibilities. Will the Cougars? finally get a Power 5 game back on the 2020 schedule. We think this will be the week they find out. Former BYU defensive standout and radio personality Hans Olsen offers his insight into the scheduling rush, plus the latest edition of Rash Assumptions based on two amazing minutes of fall camp footage that we received. BYU women's soccer head coach Jen Rockwood and our best-to-wear double play features a Super Bowl champion coach and a record that frankly, may never be broken at BYU. Here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. BYU football held a scrimmage Friday, getting in 75 to 80 reps, according to head coach Kalani Satake, who says it was a good way to end the week. It was a good way to, to end the day, you know, end the week, have a, a good physical practice and, and scrimmage. And uh, I, I really like the way our team's progressing right now. So feel good about uh, where we're at right now and, and uh, looking forward to getting to next week, getting some live work in, in the stadium and and building more game-type uh, situation, game-like uh, environment. This was held at the student-athlete building on the outdoor practice field. So once they get into the Lavelle Edwards Stadium, it'll feel pretty real. And uh, here we sit on a Monday, which is how many days away from BYU at Navy? Countdown to Navy. 21 days. Ooh, I felt rushed on that Woo! one. 21 days. It's because we had to wait for the Navy to be right. said. And then it's, it's like, it like, that was, that, it hits right high, after high Navy is said. Let's get the plays in. Woo. Three weeks from today for the Lone Rangers of the West in college football. The only team. It's so weird. West of Texas. BYU is the only team. That's crazy. Ohio State quarterback and Heisman Trophy candidate Justin Fields has started a petition to reinstate the Big Ten football season. Get this. It's already received. 
over 233,000 votes in under 24 hours. You think they want to play? Players led by Fields, coaches and parents putting the pressure on Big Ten Commissioner Kevin Warren and school presidents and officials to now change the direction and move forward with a season. Yeah, of, of course they want to kind of fight back and play. You know, the players, they're not the ones that said no, so that makes sense. Kansas City Chiefs have re-signed Aleva Hifo, the graduated receiver originally signed with the Chiefs, then was cut, recently tried out with the Cardinals for re-signing with the Super Bowl champs. Will we see Aleva Hifo with the Chiefs through camp? Good luck to Aleva. BYU golf alumnus Peter Quest wins the 2020 Siegfried and Jensen Utah Open with a combined three-day score of 23 under par. Quest nearly broke the tournament record low, set by his former BYU teammate Patrick Fishburne at 26 under par. BYU senior Kelton Hirsch finished tied for third at 14 under. And wait until you hear what BYU golf coach Bruce Brockbank did in the same tournament. More on that later. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. 2020 BYU football scheduling version 817. As of August 17th at roughly 10.05 a.m., BYU football has four scheduled games at Navy, Troy at home, Houston at home, and then North Alabama. Also Wait, are we going to say North Alabama? My Is that bad. how we're going to play that? So it sounds like it's Alabama? Alabama. Yeah. Four games. We anticipate there will be more announcements today, tomorrow, this week. It's got to happen fast, right? So, Jerem, three main questions surrounding BYU football scheduling right now. When do we expect the announcements? How many and which teams? Uh, just ask me one at a time. So, uh, when do we when? expect? Okay, this week, I, I would be shocked if it was longer than past the next week. I don't think we're going to go into game week, which game week will feel weird because it's not actually that week. It's on the Monday. But that it will be a part of week one. I think that we're going to hear several this week. Uh, I'll be surprised if we don't hear at least two, right? I, that's, not a, that's not a sourced information thing. That's just a guess. And then I, I think it could go into next week. It's so weird that I wouldn't be shocked if we went right up to when the season started for, say, October or November, because there's a lot in flux. There's a lot in flux. Okay, so like me, you expect the when to happen this week, the majority yeah, of these games. From my perspective, it's you like me, though. Does that right. make sense? Yes. <laughs> yes, I, I follow. Yeah. Okay. We. You expect at least two this week, yeah, maybe more. Yeah, a couple more. this week, some more next week. Yeah. Okay, so over the next couple of weeks, I hope. I think is I don't want to wait two weeks. I want it all now. I want the announcements to happen all this week. I want BYU to have eight games scheduled by the end of the week. Is that too much to ask? Probably. Siri, call Tom Homo. Probably. Okay, so okay, that's, that's the when and how many we anticipate this week. But which teams, Jerem, do you yeah. expect BYU to have show up on this constantly moving target of a schedule? Okay, let's walk through it. First off, I hope that BYU gets to 10 games. I wouldn't be surprised if it was eight. I don't think it'll be 12, but I would like 10 because then you leave yourself some leeway for cancellations that you can't make up, yet you still have a couple of bye weeks in there should you have issues and you can still reschedule. We've never seen a game rescheduled within a season. I believe we will see that in college football, perhaps with BYU. Is that, oh, shoot, we can't make it this week, but we have an open week and maybe so do you. 
Um, a lot of these teams that won't necessarily work, though, because they'll have conference games. Be always looking at getting non-conference games with everybody but basically Army and maybe Liberty, mm. right? So perhaps the rescheduling part isn't as realistic as I even thought at the beginning of when I started talking. Okay, I can only think of two situations where a game has kind of been rescheduled, and that was September 11th, a scenario where BYU played Mississippi After State. At the end of your schedule. At the end of the schedule. Yeah. And then... When the Southern California fires happened a few years back for BYU, San Diego State, they had to play at San Diego well. State in December because the fires were coming down the mountain in September. I, I'm guessing that most leagues, it, it felt like, are going to leave themselves those open weeks in December for the league games. I don't think they're going to be like, yeah, yeah, go ahead with that non-conference game. I, I think typically or generally you would say, no, that's going to be a league game rescheduling area. But maybe Army Liberty, there's an opportunity there. Okay, so... BYU obviously is dealing with six leagues and some independents. So let's walk through who's open and who we would want that week. Okay. So let's go. Let's go week two. Uh, of of the teams that are available, I like Cincinnati the most um, in week two on the twelfth. I, I think that's a home game potentially. Who Ooh. knows? Twenty first in the AP poll last year. The Bearcats are 22-5 and five the last two years. They're really good. I think that'd be – I want Cincy on the schedule. I said a couple weeks ago, I want AAC teams. Cincinnati is the one I want the most. Okay, for me in week two, I like the idea of BYU staying on the East Coast. They're going to go all the way to Annapolis and play a Monday night game. That's a rough turnaround amidst COVID, no less, to come back and try and prepare for an opponent – on a short week at home. So maybe they can BYU stay at just, Hammer's house. Maybe BYU just schedules a bye for September twelfth. They don't schedule a game for that week and they play their next game on September nineteenth. I wouldn't fault Tom Homo for doing that at all, just to kind of see, okay, how did the first one go? Now we have twelve days to get ready for game number two. But if they do pick a game in week two, stay on the East Coast and play at Boston College. Get a power five. Because there are five ACC teams now that need an opponent after losing Scheduling deals with FCS programs, other conferences, whatever. But yeah, if you're gonna if you're gonna play a week two game, stay on the East Coast, play at Boston College. Yeah. Okay. Week three at Baylor. I say just only P five. Go to Baylor. Check. Yeah. I'm with you there. Week three at Baylor. Okay. I don't have any other P fives here. Then you play Troy. We already know this uh, on the 26th of September. Then I do home to App State, Ooh. Appalachian State, or Appalachian State, depending on where you're from. Friday night game. General Conference the next day. Okay, so following the home game with Troy, you like a home game with Appalachian State. Yeah. Uh, for me— the more Sun Belt. Let's go. I just don't think App State would come to Provo. Oh, they, I don't, I don't oh think, they went to Michigan. Though. I don't think they're about it. You know, I, I don't think they want to travel all the way to Provo, but a team that has made that trip and is looking for games is Liberty. So I expect BYU to have a home game, but I like Liberty in week number five in Provo following the Troy game. Yeah, and then some people will uh, protest that. Okay, uh, on October 10th, I say at Temple. Another AAC game. You go to Philly. This one's for Vicekahama again. At Temple, I think I think that would be a good game as well. Okay, I like that pick. I like Philadelphia. Week six is my designated bye week for BYU. I say... Uh, no bye weeks. Here's why. You don't know when the season's going to end. It could just end abruptly. There could be it, ju- it could just be crazy. I think it's a rush job to get in as many games as you can. So you schedule 13? Straight up 13 games? No, 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 no. You sch- schedule 10, but get them in as soon as you can. That's what I say. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Yeah. I'm not saying schedule 13. I think that's crazy. Okay, so week 7, BYU has... I, I, I say don't worry about bye weeks, generally. Like, they'll okay. be in there, 
But uh, I would prefer to just play, play, play and see where you get. If BYU's going to have a home game in week six, I have them playing against Georgia State. Or they could play on the road, like you said, at Temple. Week seven, BYU's got Houston at home. Yep. AAC, let's go. In week eight, I want BYU for the first time ever to play the Army. Yeah, at Army. At Army Wait, in is week it eight. The Army or at Army? We had this discussion. I don't think it's the army because that's a bunch of that's like that's millions of people. Army football. I think at army is like the eleven dudes on the t- uh, field. Take on the yeah. entire army. Yeah, that one. BYU's going to lose that one. Uh, at army, I agree with you. October twenty fourth. I think that would be great. This is a team that struggled a little bit uh, last year, but they've been a good program last couple of years, albeit against kind of an easier schedule. But uh, army has elevated. They used to kind of stink. Now they're now they're pretty good. Week nine. BYU back home in Provo against the Hilltoppers of Western Kentucky, and we can finally see the big red blob. Already beat them. We can already see the big red blob and Cosmo uh, having a mascot challenge on the field at the Bell Edwards Stadium. That was already won by Cosmo. Uh, I say at UAB, uh, only Conference USA team on the schedule. Remember, they bounced in 2015 and 16, didn't have a a team. But they have gone 8 5, 11 3, and 9 5 since. I mean, they've done some quality work. I would like to play the. what are they? The Blazers, the Fighting Trogdors. The drag, the Fighting Trogdors. Of UAB. See, yeah, I, I don't, I don't mind UAB on the schedule. Uh, I just have BYU playing there in Week Ten, and BYU making a trip back uh, to Alabama. Yeah. Okay. North Alabama on the twenty-first. I have yeah. BYU plays two teams from Alabama, not named Alabama, in November. Hmm. So I have uh, a couple of AAC teams. What are there? Four or five? Big Twelve, Sun Belt. I think there's five. Big Twelve, Sun Belt, Indy, Conf USA. So that's the proposed schedule. Who knows uh, you know, how real that is or whatnot. It'd be nice to get one Power 5 on there. I think it'd, nice to be at, it'd be nice to add Army. I think it'd be nice to have five home games and five road. Who knows if that's actually going to happen. I'd be fine with some imbalance because this year's crazy. I just want to schedule 10. Playing's different, by the way. Who knows what's going to happen with COVID and cancellation and whatever. But I would love to see at least 10 scheduled. I'm ambitious. I say schedule 12. Because just bank on a few of those getting canceled. Go to Hawaii, then you get a third. Right, you know. So uh, in week 11, let's uh, tack on Charlotte for BYU. And Charlotte! Why not in week 13 to close out the season following Alabama and yeah, Provo baby. play at Marshall? Live on BYU. They are Marshall. Yeah. Play at Marshall to close out the regular do season. They, schedule 12 yeah, games. Yeah, do we say if we schedule Marshall, they are Marshall? Like, how does that They how, are. How does, how does that work? We'll have to figure that one out. <laughs> the thundering herd, man. I have, I have a close relative who lives in West Virginia who didn't know that Marshall was in West Virginia. So that's fun. What? Granted, not a native West Virginian. Uh, moved to it recently. But I was like, yeah, it's a, it's a school there. Our guest host that day, if BYU does play Marshall, will be one Chase Fisher. <laughs> yes. <laughs> God, guns, and America. Straight out of West Virginia. Let's go. Play the Boney Fuller video. Our question of the day. (laughs) How many more games do you want BYU to schedule this fall? Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. At Andrew G. Garrett says six more games for a total of ten to be consistent with what most of the Power Fives are doing. I, I wouldn't fault BYU for trying to schedule more, schedule more? And, and like I'm fine with that ideology. You can pull I, it off. I guess in yeah. this make believe situation we just did, I was trying to have some semblance of reality. Like if okay, if I was actually Tom, how many would I do? And I'd probably do ten. I'd probably do six more. 
Yeah, and I'm just, man, I guess my faith is not high that all of the games will be played. So if you're going to schedule 10, then maybe you hope to get seven or eight. Just schedule more and get as many as you possibly can. I can appreciate that as a volume shooter. I can appreciate it. Just get more shots up. Let's go. Better chance of uh, the shot going in. Shoot the shot. Coming up, some good news in COVID testing. And Hans Olsen, former BYU defensive star, on what it's like to look through his ear hole after scoring a touchdown (laughs) and the minimum number of games he thinks BYU will play. This is BYU Sports Nation. He scores a 99, and the celebration is crazy. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. BYU football with Kalani Satake is back Tuesday, September 1st at 8.30 Eastern on the BYU TV app as the coach and Greg Rebell get us ready for BYU at Navy to open the season. That's September 1st on the BYU TV app. We are live in Studio B with your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. Happy Monday. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with Jerem Jordan. We welcome in now on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline, Hans Olsen, former BYU defensive tackle and current co-host of Hans and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network based in Salt Lake City. Hans, it's always a wonderful day when you are on BYU Sports Nation. How are you? Gentlemen, it's nice to be back with you. And really quickly, I want to pull back the curtain for all the BYU fans out there and let them know that Ben Bagley, who does an amazing job behind the scenes, tried to do this as a Zoom call, made the decision that I was too ugly and said we're going to a phoner instead. So probably the right decision. This is a TV show. We got to keep the viewers in mind, Hans. I don't. Ag- I don't agree with it. I don't agree with it. Oh, Hans, you have a beautiful spirit, though, right? Yeah, I do, and good skin. And I, and I actually, I, I really like my nose. I've always had a nice, pointy, kind of sharp-looking nose. But that's yeah. where we stop. That's where it ends. That, that surgery worked really effectively. That was crazy. So here we are, three weeks out from BYU and Navy. Uh, it's wild to think that we got to this point where, in three weeks, we're expecting a college football game here. Oh man, I'm so excited. Sorry to keep laughing, but I'm so excited. It's like. Uh, it's like Christmas Eve that's going to go on for three weeks. Because, guys, I, I wasn't sure if this was going to happen. You know, as we see the Big Ten and Pac-12 pull up anchor and sell, I thought, oh, man, this is going to get real sketchy. And now we're seeing guys kind of hold their guns. And it feels like the AAC, as much as anybody, is going to hold to their guns. So fingers crossed that we see a, a kickoff on, on the 7th. But I believe we will. Hans, how many games do you expect BYU to actually play this season? I think we're going to get to eight. And I've had multiple conversations with a lot of different uh, personnel there at BYU. And they feel confident that Tom Homo can get to eight. Uh, they, they feel like he can pick up as many games as necessary. And so I would say at a minimum eight, I, I I would hope that they could find a way to get to 12 if it was at all possible. But, you know, where you've got the Conference USA and and you've got the AAC and you've got still three Power Five leagues uh, and you've got, you know, one or two other conferences that you can work with, I, I think you should be able to put eight games together. Yeah, I'd be surprised uh, if BYU didn't get to at least eight, if not ten, because scheduling yeah. is one thing, playing is another. I, I expect a couple of cancellations during the season where a team has a uh, St. Louis Cardinals, Miami Marlins situation. Do you expect that to happen? Hard to know, but I'm guessing that it will. Yeah, it really could, and and you know it could happen at any given moment. But you have to take that into consideration, and I, I would hope that you'd 
through this kind of rescheduling process that you might have an extra two weeks and you could say, hey, we got to postpone this or hold it off. We'll play it at the back end of the season. It, it feels like there's going to be so much, um, I, I would say, I don't want to say uh, knee jerk but or spur of the moment, but there's, there's going to be uh, just a, a lot of creativity along the way and allowable creativity. And BYU might have to get creative with how they go about some of these cancellations, if they do have them. Former BYU football defensive standout. He is a radio host in Salt Lake City, Hans Olsen, with us on BYU Sports Nation. Hans, I know you've had strong opinions on who should have the biggest say when and if it comes to college football being played in 2020. So where do you stand on that spectrum? Is it the players? Is it the parents? Is it the coaches, the administrators, the medical personnel, or the experts, as they say? Who should have the biggest say? Well, I think you lean heavily on the medical personnel. I I think you have to get their advice, and I think you need to get their clearance before you proceed. And it it feels like BYU – has received that. Otherwise, I don't think we'd see them in camp and see them getting ready. So I think from the personnel they listen to, they've gotten that clearance. The, the thing that we're really struggling with right now, guys, is, is any type of continuity or any type of shared message amongst the masses of medical personnel out there. It feels like they can't get on the same page, and that's frustrating. And at that point, you're like, you know what? I need to. At that point, you're like, I, I need to back away from this and. And maybe, I, and maybe I need to find somebody else to listen to. When they can't get on the same page, it, it makes it really difficult. But um, I, I do think that you need to lean on their advice as much as you can. I would love to see them talk publicly together about this. Because why is it that one league or two leagues is saying, no, can't do it. But then the other three leagues, uh, medical officers, are saying yes. Obviously, there are certain agendas uh, involved with that. And some don't want to do it, and some do, and that's totally fine. But I would love to, for them to share information and for that to be public information because if the NFL can play and six of the ten leagues can play, I'm not sure why the other four couldn't unless they just don't want to. Yeah, that's, that's the unbelievable thing, and, and we know what they all stand to, or, or, or stand to lose or, or risking in this whole thing. And you would think that they would want to get together in some type of um, council or, or some type of back and forth where the, the ones that are, are deciding to cancel or don't feel like it's safe enough to proceed, why they feel that way and why the others that are proceeding have come to that decision that they feel like it's safe to move forward. It, it feels like that not only should they, Jim, it feels like they absolutely need to or they should be put together in a room and figure this out like i i want them to all come to some type of agreement i know that's difficult but some there's got to be some type of larger governing governing body and that's why it always comes back to leadership you know guys it's like there is a governing body that really could have put a medical staff together and and could have done a better job of at least managing the power fives and groups of fives and trying to come to some type of um, you know, singular voice that helps these conferences all come together in a singular cause and singular movement. But we didn't have that. So it, it all kind of fell apart, and it's all on their own. 
Hans Olsen on BYU Sports Nation. Hans, I want to go back to something that happened within the state of Utah over this last weekend. And uh, it is a first in the country. That is high school football pushing forward all over the Beehive State. I know you have uh, a big interest in that and we're around it. What did you see from high school football leading the way kind of into this unknown let's play football amidst COVID-19? It's been fantastic. Spencer, it's been it's been amazing. And you go back to Thursday on that original kickoff, and it went extremely smooth. And I had an opportunity to talk to one of the assistants uh, from Weber and had had a really good conversation about how it all went for them. And then I was out at a jamboree on Saturday, watching you know all these youth groups play, and there was probably twenty five thirty percent fan capacity in the stands and. And everybody had their masks on, and the kids were out there having a great time. Um, I had a great conversation with the American Fork High School head football coach. I had a great conversation with the Lehigh head football coach. And just going back and forth and getting their thoughts on how it has all gone so smoothly, and the fans have done a great job, and administration's done a great job, and the coaching staff feels safe, and they feel like they've gone about it the right way. And and we had an entire group go down uh, between Thursday and Saturday, an entire group across the state of high school players and high school parents and administrators. And, and it all went off without a hitch. I, I have not heard a, a serious hiccup yet. Now, we, we do need to wait to see if there's any type of explosion in, in positives. But I, I, sure, uh, I sure am grateful because my son is, is uh, playing up with the freshman team. And I'm just really grateful that they're giving it every effort and giving these kids a chance to, to do what they love and, and, and allowing parents to make decisions and administrators to make decisions. That's, that's great as well. Absolutely. Uh, let's flash back to perhaps your greatest play as a Cougar. I want to get some insight into you picking up a fumble against San Diego State <laughs> in, what, 1999, rumbling into the end zone, and then the celebration was fill in the blank. <laughs> The celebration was unexpected because I, I had not prepared for that moment. And it, you know what's sad, Jerem? I, I prepared a celebration. After that, I prepared a celebration. In fact, it would have been, I think, a groundbreaking t- uh, sports center top ten <laughs> celebration. I just wasn't ready. So I ended up wiggling my arms like one of those sock creatures you see out in front of a car dealership. <laughs> And, I, and then I got tackled by my teammates, and my helmet went sideways. But listen to this celebration I put together, guys, because it's classic. So I, I had prepared that every team that I played on afterwards, whether it was the Colts or the Voodoo or the Firebirds or the Blaze, I, everywhere I went, I found a couple of teammates that I knew I'd be on the field with. And what they were going to be is my horse. And I was going to score, set the ball down, jump on their back like I'm riding a horse. They were going to gallop as I lassoed the football. And then I was going to follow down the line, hogtie the football, and throw my arms in the air. <laughs> and it would have. And I know somebody's going to now steal this, and they're going to take it as their own. But that's my idea, and it would have been a brilliant celebration. I've never seen it before in football. 
And, and of course, now I don't get a chance to do it. You and Scotty G, do it today. Simulate it. And put it on TikTok before Trump <laughs> takes TikTok away. Simulate it. <laughs> <laughs> the, the problem is, is convincing Scotty G to be a thoroughbred and let him jump on his back. I don't think that's going to happen. Hans, great to catch up with you, man. And uh, always nice to laugh with you uh, on BYU Sports Nation. Uh, Here's to more BYU football starting in three weeks, and we'll see what this week holds in terms of scheduling as well. Man, I'm with you. Fingers crossed because this is going to be a heck of a BYU team, man. This offense has everything you could ask for, and this defense has a lot of guys coming back around. I want to see this team. I want to see. There are four draftable offensive linemen over the next two years in this group like these guys are the real deal and i just want to see them have a chance to show how good they are because this is a good football team so fingers crossed i'm with you guys right on hans thanks so much for the time you bet hans olsen on the deseret first credit union hotline deseret first you know why we show how so the the picture in my mind of you know his helmet after where Side how can he even see Look at through the ear hole. <laughs> yes, when you look through the ear hole, something happened. Coming up, Jennifer Rockwood on the cancellation of the soccer season. And the latest edition of Coaches on Bikes gives us a very in-depth, or not, assessment of Friday's scrimmage. This is BYU Sports Nation. Listen to BYU Sports Nation On Demand. You can download the podcast, Google BYU Sports Nation Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. He is Jerem Jordan, I am Spencer Linton, and this is BYU Sports Nation. Let's whip it! Levahifo resigns with the Kansas City Chiefs. Super Bowl champs. Will he make the opening day roster? No, but he'll make a practice squad roster, Jerem. So not on the opening day, but I think is good enough to make the practice squad in Kansas City. He's a BYU guy, it's Andy Reid. Let's go. Are you saying his bike? How about this, Jerem? A saliva-based COVID-19 test developed at Yale University, not to be confused with the BYU-Y, and funded by the NBA and NBA Players Association has received emergency authorization from the FDA. Is this test the game changer for sports? Perhaps. We'll see. Uh, We talked to the conference commissioner, uh, Gloria Navarez, West Coast Conference on Friday. She said, listen, we need large batch, quick turnaround testing. And if this is something that could happen, perhaps that'll help college football and help the other sports. Who knows? The good news is it's low cost. $10 to $20 yeah. reportedly. Results within 24 hours and obviously non-invasive. BYU golf alumnus Peter Quest gets his first professional win at the Utah Open at Riverside, home of the BYU Cougars, with a three-day total of 23 under par. Uh, over under three years before Quest gets his first PGA Tour win. I'm a big believer in the Quest for perfection. I think that... He will have his first PGA Tour win within three years, so uh, under three years. But that's if you count the Corn Ferry Tour because that's part of the PGA Tour. So I'm going to give him three years to pick up at least one win on the Corn Ferry Tour because that still qualifies. That'd be awesome, man. All right, for our final whip item, we go to Coaches on Bikes with a breakdown of Friday's BYU football scrimmage from Coach Gennaro Guilford. Teams looks like they found the blueprint, baby. Hey, they getting it. I gotta be honest. Look like they found the blueprint. You know what I'm saying? Defensively, you know what I'm saying? We're gonna have better days, and we're gonna get there. You know what I'm saying? Um, One brick at a time. One at a time, baby. One thing I will say: we playing complimentary football this year. 
and y'all gonna see a difference. Y'all gonna see a difference. We're gonna put it all together. We found the blueprint. Mm. Let's go. Mm. Hey, why not come wrap the why? We believe in you. Let's go. Stay woke. <laughs> okay, then. Always entertaining. Jarrell Guilford giving us the majority there and Preston Hadley. Jerem, a question following that. Is the offensive success for BYU early in camp good news for the offense or is it more bad news for the BYU defense? That pendulum always swings, right? What do you want? What do we want at BYU? We want great offense. So that's good news. It's good news. It is good news. I'm getting very, very excited about the prospect of Matt Bushman being an All-American tight end that is targeted quite often. Let's do it. Now for the best to wear. We're counting up to 99, one or two numbers each show and determining the best athletes to wear each number at BYU. Our double feature today hits numbers 87 and 88. Who steals the show at 87, Jerem? Brian Billick, former uh, BYU tight end who coached the Baltimore Ravens to a Super Bowl victory in Super Bowl 35. We're giving it to him mainly on what he did as a coach in the NFL and not as a player, although... Uh, he had 47 catches, 615 yards, three touchdowns. That normally wouldn't get you this. The fact that you coach a team to a Super Bowl and win is pretty incredible. Okay. First team all whack, though, in 76, 28 years as a coach, drafted in the 11th round by the Niners. Okay, Brian Bilk at 87 at number 88. This one was a tough one, man. Another pass catcher. And, yes, this was a very tight debate. We're going to give it to Jay Miller, who started BYU from 1973 to 76. He's the guy that holds the school record for most catches in a game. Had 22 catches in one game against New Mexico. 263 yards, three touchdowns. I don't know that that record will ever be broken. Not even BYU. the great Mitch Matthews did that. That is unbelievable. Right. He got close. What, 19? Yeah. 19 catches? Close. Really uh, good in horseshoes and hand grenades. Miller had 100 catches alone in 1973. Woo! 1181 receiving, 8 touchdowns, almost 12 yards per catch in those 11 games. AP honorable mention All-American, Universal Sports first team All-American in 73. Jay Miller at 88. Who's the honorable mention? Phil Odo. Phil Odo was the first great receiver in BYU history. In fact, he's top seven still Woo. in the 60s. Whoa. Catches yards and touchdowns. Three-time first-team all In fact, he was a defensive end as well. He was the whack lineman of the year in 65 as a defensive end. Oh, my gosh. He did it with a single-bar face mask. Yeah, man. this was Virgil Carter's guy, right, um, in 65 when BYU won its first whack title. Phil Odell was the truth in the 60s, uh, drafted in the fifth round by the Lions, played three years in the NFL. Phil Odell is a name that you need to remember. Okay. He, uh, first great receiver at BYU. Can we make an addendum to this then? Let's just go Co on that one. It's Co because th- those Coe two great. were yes. those two were the first two great BYU receivers, and I would still put those two in the top ten, still to this day. Okay, it's official. It's a Co greatest to ever wear eighty eight. I normally hate that, but those guys were awesome, man. Coming up, fall camp highlights from the scrimmage Friday and rash assumptions based on them. Plus, is there any chance at any fall games for BYU women's soccer? Head coach Jen Rockwood will join us next. What does she think uh, about the feasibility of a spring schedule? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. 
To get in-depth stories on players, coaches, and some fans, search Deep Blue on the BYU TV app today. All 23 from last season are available, and the season debut of Deep Blue is September 1st on the Satake Show. We wholeheartedly welcome you back to a Monday edition of BYU Sports Nation in Studio B and are pleased to bring on our next guest. She is a very accomplished, albeit legendary, coach for BYU women's soccer. Jen Rockwood with us on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Jen, welcome back to the show. Hey, thanks, guys. It's been a while. It has been a while, and I wish (laughs) that we were talking about BYU playing actual soccer, but here we are in uh, a very tough situation. So let's start with this, Coach. How have you handled the last 72 hours or so since finding out that the West Coast Conference season was officially shut down for women's soccer? Well, it's, you know, it's something that I, we figured might be happening, obviously, as soon as uh, the Pac-12 and some of the other big conferences went down. Um, you know, we had been hopeful all summer that, that maybe things could be sorted out. But um, with having seven teams in California right now in our conference, we uh, just understanding the situation there, um, we knew that it was probably a good chance that we wouldn't be playing this fall. But, yeah, when it, when it finally hit, it, it was hard. And you just feel really bad for all these student-athletes that have prepared um, you know, and, and we had so much anticipation and excitement looking forward to this new season with um, a new group of girls and, and a lot of expectations. So we'll just have to put that on hold for a little while. At what point did you think this was a possibility? Uh, it's probably about a month ago. Um, you know, things just weren't moving in the right direction. We were really hopeful at the start of the summer and, you know, even, like I said, within the last month um, in, in conversations with a lot of coaches around the country, uh, we really thought that it might happen, you know, even though it was going to be delayed. And you know, we found out that our season was pushed back to the September 24th, and that was kind of a big hit um, when we heard that. Um, but we, you know, we're ready to move forward. I had, had to scramble uh, to try and fix the schedule a little bit. We had a really great schedule this fall, and and we tweaked it a little bit dealing with that first start date, and and then it kind of got changed again. And, and so now we're just going to have to wait, and there's just a lot of unknowns, but we've had a lot of unknowns for the last six months. So we'll just keep plugging forward and, and get better for when that opportunity comes for us to compete again. Coach, if a team, and I know this is a huge if, but a team in a conference that is still playing – sought out BYU, are you at liberty to take on that game or even an exhibition, or is this a conference-wide, like, we're in this together, we are not going to play at all this fall? Yeah, my understanding is that we're, we won't be able to play or, or compete this fall. Um, I think our numbers right now for women's soccer as well as volleyball are upwards of 65 to 70% of the teams and programs across the country have now um, pushed back till hopefully spring. Um, and so there are a few teams that are still trying to, to get the season in. But we also know there won't be an NCAA tournament this year without the 50% participation hoping the NCAA might uh, deal with that in the spring. Uh, but again, just a lot of unknowns uh, out of our control. All we can do is, uh, is get ready and uh, prepare and, and get as good as we can be for when that time comes. How did your team take the news? Um, it's hard, especially hard for our seniors who, um, you know, had, we had such a great year last year, one of our best seasons we've ever had. Um, and again, there's a lot of anticipation. We graduated a lot of great seniors, but we had a lot of uh, great depth returning um, and a really um, great group of young players that were kind of ready to fill in those slots for us. Uh, some uh, transfers that were looking forward to stepping on the field in a, in a BYU jersey. And, um, you know, so, so a lot of disappointment. But again, we've tried to prep them throughout the last month or so, knowing that was a possibility. So when it really was shut down, I think we weren't really surprised. We kind of knew it was coming. 
Will you be surprised if the NCAA doesn't allow eligibility for seniors that want to return? Um, I think I think their eligibility will be in, intact. I think it'll be similar to what they did in the spring. I, I don't think anybody will lose any eligibility because we haven't started, and there's so many teams in this situation right now. Um, you know, I think seniors will have a, ch- a choice to move on or come back. I know our seniors are committed and really want that senior experience, especially after coming off of last year and, and what our seniors were able to do. Um, so again, we'll just see. Time will tell. And I'm just excited to get back on the field today. Will be our first day of training. Uh, since February 20th. So uh, that'll be fun to see the girls again. Jen Rockwood with us on BYU Sports Nation. So practice today. You don't know when you're going to play another game. Annually, you have a spring schedule built in. So is it that far of a reach to say that there could be an official season in the spring if you just ramp it up, uh, ramp up your usual spring schedule? Um, I think there could be. Um, I think that's what a lot of teams are hoping for, um, especially, like I said, a couple months ago, seeing the possibility of maybe uh, moving to the spring. Um, but I know the NCAA, you know, they've, they've got, I think, um, 32 or something championships in the spring and 22 in the fall. And, and I know moving all of those championships to the spring um, might be a little challenging. And so, again, we don't know what's going to happen or how it would look, um, whether it would just maybe be the conference. But our hope is that we get a few scrimmages in maybe this fall. And then if we don't get a season in in the spring, we, we do have that opportunity to play a bunch of games in preparation for 2021. Non-football men's basketball don't make money typically, but the championships do, do they not? So I feel like the NCAA would actually be in on that if they can make money off that. And it seems like they could, albeit, like you said, it would be a loaded spring. But I'm envisioning quadruple headers on BYU TV in the spring. I, I love this idea, Jen. Um, yeah, I think, I mean, let's do it. I, I, you know, the NCAA has to make those decisions. I know here at BYU, uh, everyone's in support of us playing and competing and, and they have all the protocols in place for that to happen. We know that football most likely is going to happen. We're really excited for that. Uh, I know our university needs that. Um, and, and we're hopeful that that can get going and, and maybe, you know, see how you have to deal with all of these unknowns and, and at least getting out there and trying to compete and trying to travel, see how that looks for, you know, the other sports coming up in the winter. Uh, and then, you know, we've got to get going again, we've got to get things open and, and moving and, and see how we're going to deal with all of the situations that we're in. Coach, how does the impact of a postponed season uh, affect recruiting and player development? Um, it's a good question. Um, it's it's so new. You know, they pushed the NCAA recruiting dead period back another month. So I haven't watched uh, any potential recruits again since about February. Um, most of the tournaments, you know, were all shut down over the summer. Um, and now we can't go out and watch. So, you know, everything's just a bit on hold. I know that's really hard and challenging for a lot of these younger players who, you know, worked hard and, and in the process of making some decisions and, and recruiting, you know, we're fortunate. We do know we were ahead, I think in the recruiting process. And so we are already very familiar with a lot of freshmen and sophomore players out there. Um, so I think we're, we're set. We're moving forward. Um, we've got a great class coming in 2021 and already have a very, very competitive group coming in 2022. And, and then we'll be looking to finish off that class here pretty soon. Jen, when's the last time you weren't involved in soccer for five or six months like this? Um, I can't ever remember a time, probably I may be seven or eight years old when I started playing <laughs> soccer. And uh, I started coaching soccer and doing camps 
you know, when I was about 14, 15 years old. So it's been a, a quite a different experience uh, for me and for our staff and for everybody involved in athletics across the country. It's been quite a challenge to stay motivated and, and try and stay in touch with your players. And again, just really looking forward to seeing the girls again. It's, it's been a long time and they always give me a lot of energy. So I'm ready to feel their energy and their good vibes. You've gone 25 years plus, which is incredible. You're the only coach BYU's ever have. You going for five or 10 more? Well, we'll see about that. Uh, you know, I've had a nice little break, a little break that I've always wanted, I guess. A so sabbatical, if you will. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it, it definitely a sabbatical. So hopefully I'm rejuvenated and I feel rested and ready to go and anxious and excited. So, yeah, let's go. Well, that's the best news I've heard all day. Yes. That's great. Yes. <laughs> Please don't leave us. Uh, also, hopefully we can energize you as well from uh, Studio B yes. with some BYU Sports Nation karma. So take that for what yes. you will. Thank you. I'll take all the karma I can get, but your guys is especially good. So thanks. (laughs) Coach, enjoy (laughs) practice today. And uh, our fingers crossed that things can get back to normal as soon as possible so that we can enjoy an incredible BYU women's soccer program that you've put together. Well, thanks. We've got a great group of players and they're ready to roll. So looking forward to the future. All right, coach. Thank you so much. Okay. Thanks guys. Jen Rockwood on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why we show how. So the volleyball team and the soccer team, they were anticipating playing in five weeks. So they were all in town, you know, voluntary practice, and then they were going to start formal practice. I love that they're still going to practice. So we talked to Heather Olmstead last week on Friday and then uh, Jen Rockwood today. They are still practicing as if they had a season. Granted, they'll chill how fast they're, the you know pace of the practice and the urgency and whatnot. But that's notable because they totally could just say, "Nah, we're not going to practice." Like we let's just when you get to school, let's hang out in a couple weeks. But no, they're here and they're putting in work right now in hopes that they have a season in the spring because they want to get better right now. So I I applaud that they could totally take it easy and it'd be understandable. Yeah, I, it's important that they stay engaged, and I think it's really important for the mentality of the players to have something to do, even if it's just practice, and even if and it's this just is the, this is their life, intra squad scrimmages, yeah. things like that. Yeah. So I I support it wholeheartedly, and uh, I appreciate the leadership that BYU has in you know so many prominent fall sports that are just on hold. Okay, coming up, a 66-yard field goal. What? And who says coaches can't still play, show their athletes a thing or two? Bruce Brockbank of Men's Golf is doing just that. Details next as BYU Sports Nation. This segment of BYU Sports Nation presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. BYU Sports Nation continues on a Monday with this daily reminder. Our show available anytime on demand. You know how to find it on the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. You can download the podcast by Googling BYU Sports Nation podcast. Subscribe, rate, and review. Friday, BYU football held a scrimmage to end the week of football camp. And with that, we reviewed the tape and now give you our fall camp rash assumptions version two presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. Let's start with this clip, Jerem. Here we go. Lopini Katoa wearing the jersey number four and oh, look at the speed. Breaks off a big long run tackled by Shimon Willis. He will be the leading rusher 
this season. I don't think that's Blue Goggle the crazy. He's the incumbent guy. DHC is gone. I think it's Lopini Katoa or Bust for the leading rusher. My rash assumption, Lopini Katoa is going to rush for double-digit touchdowns this season, Jerem. That'd be nice because BYU's playing four to six games. <laughs> Not to be outdone, Tyler Algier finds his way into the end zone. Tyler Algier is having a good fall camp by all by all reports, and look at him run away Woo! from the defense. My rash assumption, Tyler Algier is the fastest running back on the BYU team. Oh, snap. More than Jackson McChesney? No. That's why it's a rash assumption. (laughs) Based on this clip only. (laughs) Next up. Dax Milne, Jerem. I've been high on this guy for a long time. Dax Milne with the tiptoe catch on the sideline from Zach Wilson. Rash assumption, he's going to lead BYU in receptions this year. Rash assumption, he will not drop a ball all year. Very rash. I have a rash thinking about it. All right. Next up, Jaron Hall finds Hobbs Nyberg, who's on the baseball team, by the way. Brother Chenner was a pitcher for a touchdown. Hobbs Nyberg, rash assumption, is the next Nate Mickle for BYU oh football. Oh, my gosh. That's amazing. I'm guessing, yeah, I'm guessing he's a uh, he's a walk-on as a receiver. But, uh, yeah, dad played at BYU. That Jaron Hall is looking Really good. Nice throw in the corner. Uh, Nyberg, by the way, uh, standout football player in the St. George, George area. Yeah. St. George. Okay. Up next, I've already mentioned Shimon Willis's name once. This time, oh, nice pass breakup. Rash assumption, Shimon Willis is going to start at least one game this year. I don't think that's too rash. He's in the mix, man. He's he's one of several guys that have some good experience. Plus, Shimon's his dad, bro. He's got game. The boy Shimon. That's PBU. Okay, those are our rash assumptions, version two. So rash. <laughs> I love it. Well, this is what we would normally do. So fun. You know what I mean? We'd go to practice. We'd be like, dude, oh, based on those three reps that? we saw, are you serious? You see Dax Milne's quick feet? That means he's going to have a 1,000 yards, bro. Question of the day. How many more games do you want BYU football, with those rash assumptions or not, to schedule this fall? Our elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort from at check underscore over underscore stripes 59. We want all the smoke. 11 games plus, baby. Road, home, neutral side. Ain't nobody hosting a neutral side game in a pandemic. Let's show the world what Cougar Nation can do. Let's go. Okay, today's Rise and Shoutouts. Mine goes to Cash Peterman. So uh, back from his mission, he uh, puts the ball on the tee, uh, former walk-on kicker for BYU, or did he even? I can't even remember. Did he play? Or he will play later. From 66, dude. Route 66 is uh, up the middle. Um, it's on a tee. There's no rush, so take that into account. But I still think this is pretty impressive. 66 yards away. He said he's going for the BYU record. The kid clearly has massive what? confidence. I think it's and 58. I love it. I think the record's 58. Okay, my rise of shout-out goes to current BYU men's head golf coach, Bruce Brockbank, who was the top-finishing senior at the Utah Open. He shot three under for the tournament, Jeremy. Oh, nice, Bruce. Well done, Coach. Record 56, by the way. Well done. When are we playing free golf? Let us know. <laughs> what kind of golf is that? The free kind. <laughs> Our thanks to today's guests, Hans Olsen and BYU women's soccer coach, Jen Rockwood. Started Dustin Pitta. Ran out of time. Combo continues on the internet. For Jeremiah, I'm Spencer. Shout out to Bob Jensen. We'll see you tomorrow on BYU Sports Nation with hopefully more scheduling announcements. Go Go, Cougs. Go Jazz.